This information is just one of more than 746 peer-reviewed articles from Vetlexcan Bovis provided by Vetstream, Definitive Veterinary Intelligence. Sciatic Injury from Vetlexican Bovis. Contributors Rosanna Kirkwood and Mark Burnell. Synonyms Peripheral Neuropathy Nerve Damage or Trauma Introduction The Cause Is Traumatic from Carving or Intramuscular or IM Injection Ischemic Myopathy Compression from an abscess, neoplasia or fractured sacrum, pelvis or proximal femur and associated inflammation or fibrosis. Signs. Those associated with lower motor neurone dysfunction including pain, paresis, paralysis, muscle atrophy, hyporeflexia and analgesia in severe cases. Diagnosis. History and clinical science plus the ruling out of other causes. Treatment. Analgesia. Nursing and physiotherapy. Prognosis is variable. The anatomy. The sciatic nerve is the largest nerve in the body. It's formed by fibres originating from spinal cord segments L6 to S2. The fibres emerge together at the sciatic foramen as the large, wide, flat sciatic nerve, approximately four centimetres wide and half a centimetre thick. It is consistent in size and shape as it progresses caudally towards the coxofemoral joint, which it wraps behind as it changes direction down the hind limb. At this point, the sciatic nerve becomes more rounded before splitting into the tibial and common fibular branches. The common fibula or perineal nerve runs down the anterior part of the leg, giving this area sensation and controlling hop flexion and digit extension. The tibial nerve runs down the posterior part of the leg, giving this area sensation and controlling hock extension and digit flexion. Breed predisposition. The dairy breeds. This is probably more common in dairy breeds due to their oestrous behaviour, their increased time on concrete and associated falls or injuries, oversized calves, greater numbers of intramuscular injections administered, low tissue volume in the gluteal region, higher incidence of down cows. Cost considerations. If treated, the treatment and labour costs associated with intensive nursing. The cost subsequently likely to have reduced yield and increased risk of culling. If the animal is culled, you have the cost associated with a casualty slaughter with the likely reduced carcass value. There is, of course, the risk of a delayed slaughter for knackers with zero carcass value and slaughter or removal fee. The net cost associated with replacing the animal, rearing costs of a replacement plus the expected lower yield if a heifer relative to the sale value. The potential loss of high value genetics. Pathogenesis. Etiology. 
the interruption of the nerve to the target muscles, leading to a decreased or absent function of those target muscles. Damage to the sciatic nerve will present as variable grades of proprioceptive dysfunction and loss of sensation. Pelvic or spinal or femoral fracture associated with a fall or estrus activity. Dystochia resulting in nerve root damage within the pelvic cavity. Damage caused by extra or intravascular, which is worse, injection following an intramuscular injection or subsequent sequelae such as an abscess. Ischemic myopathy following recumbency, also known as compartmental syndrome. Nerve entrapment by abnormal tissue, secondary to fractures, injections or neoplasia. The damage can be bilateral. Predisposing factors, specific. Thin cows and calves are more at risk from incorrect needle placement during an intramuscular injection. All the usual risk factors for dystochia. Unsympathetic handling. Concrete flooring because it tends to be slippery. Pathophysiology. The peripheral nerve injuries can be classified according to the severity of damage to the neuron. Neuropraxia. This is the most mild type of injury as it's an interruption of the conductive function of the nerve without physical damage to the axon. It's most commonly caused by a disruption in blood supply, blunt trauma or compression stroke entrapment. Recovery is usually spontaneous and complete, occurring within one to three weeks. Axonometasis is a physical interruption of the axon where it separates from the cell body, but the endoneurium and the myelin sheath remain intact. This results in a Wallerian-like axonal degeneration and loss of impulse conduction distal to the injury. The recovery depends on successful regrowth of the axons at approximately one millimetre a day. Neurotemesis. This refers to the complete severance of a nerve and its supporting structures, followed by Wallerian degeneration. Recovery is unlikely without surgical intervention. Diagnosis. Presenting problems. The cow is reluctant or unable to rise. It might stand or move with obvious nerve deficit to one or both hind limbs. Client history. There could have been a fall. Dystochia. Recent intramuscular injection. Estrus behaviour or prolonged recumbency. Clinical signs. Extension of the stifle or straight leg, often pointing cranially with knuckling of the digits. This is because they're unable to place the foot correctly or walk on the dorsal wall of the digits. Dropping of the hock with knuckling of the fetlock. Possibly complete non-weight bearing, although this is less common. Recumbency or a, a reluctance to rise. Muscle atrophy in long-standing cases. Possible loss of sensation, this can be difficult to assess, distal to the stifle apart from the medial digit, which 
is supplied by the saphenous nerve, not the sciatic nerve. This can be difficult to diagnose specific sciatic injury and it's often accompanied by some obturator paralysis. A note about the tibial branch of the sciatic nerve. The tibial nerve, the branch of the sciatic, innervates the caudal part of the leg. This goes to hock extensors such as gastrocnemius and soleus muscles and the digit flexors. Therefore, when the tibial nerve alone is damaged, the digits will extend. Cows are seen with hyperextension of the fetlock, so walking on the back of the heel. The digits can be seen as being flexed. This suggests that the injury to the sciatic occurs above the level at which the tibial nerve branches off from the sciatic nerve. The tibial nerve damage may also present with excessive hock flexion and there may well be some hip flexion as well since the branches from the tibial and common fibular nerve innervate the long hip extensor muscles. Tibial nerve paralysis is described much less often than sciatic paralysis. Tibial nerve damage may be caused by infections or lacerating injuries to the caudal or medial aspects of the hind limb in the region of the hock. Diagnostic investigation. A good history is essential. Rectal palpation of the pelvic ring and manipulation of the pelvis and both femurs in order to identify any crepitus or similar clinical signs which would indicate a fracture. The recently carved cow will naturally have some movement in this area, so be careful of diagnosing that in a recently carved cow. The range of motion in both hind limbs should be assessed together with the muscle tone, heat, swelling, sensation and pain. These can be assessed in lateral recumbency. To evaluate weight bearing, the recumbent patient will need to be encouraged to stand or aided with a hoist. Differential diagnosis. In the standing animal, the characteristic leg posture make diagnosis relatively straightforward. However, it's important to identify or eliminate un any underlying or alternative causes, particularly for the downer cow, such as hypocalcemia, hypomagnesemia, femoral or pelvic fracture, gastrocnemius muscle damage, gram-negative mastitis, septic gonitis, tarsitis, digital disease, cellulitis or botulism. Treatment. The initial symptomatic treatment. For recumbent animals a decision will need to be made quickly between culling or commitment to prolonged intensive period of nursing care. Only those likely to receive appropriate attention should be considered. Without it, prognosis will be poorer and welfare will be compromised. Standard treatment, pain relief, correct any underlying causes, ensure a good lying surface. Otherwise you have the risk of compartmental syndrome and slipping. Nursing, Splinting of the fetlock can protect and provide stability.
Monitoring. Instructions to the farmer to assess progress daily. Monitor closely for mastitis, abrasions, secondary complications. Recovery is likely to be prolonged in weeks, not days in most cases. Prevention. Control. Encourage farmers to use non-slip surfaces in housing and parlours and to take care with social groupings to minimise bullying. Avoid drug injection into the gluteal muscles or sem semimembranosis and semitendinosis, particularly in calves and thin animals. As a tip here, one should use the neck where possible for intramuscular injections and if using the rump, select a site a hand's width between the tubercoxae in a lateral position in order to avoid the course of the sciatic nerve. One should never inject more than the recommended volume into one site. Sympathetic handling of dystochia to avoid excessive traction. Prognosis. This is very variable and depends on the degree of nerve injury. Differentiating temporary inflammation from permanent damage can be impossible at the onset of trauma. Weight-bearing animals have a better prognosis than non-weight-bearing. As with all downer cows, the longer the animal is recumbent, the poorer its prognosis. Recovery may take many weeks. Reasons for treatment failure. Neurotomesis or downer cow. We hope you found this information useful to understand more about sciatic injury in cattle. You can read this vet lexicon article and more than 746 other peer-reviewed articles by 121 contributors on the veterinary care of cattle via www.vetstream.com forward slash treat forward slash bovis. Copyright Vetstream. Definitive Veterinary Intelligence. Neuro